Welcome to Hub City Homers, special edition of the Maui Invitational Preview. Uh, I'm Jack, and I'm here with my co-host today, Kendall, and we're going to be diving into the Maui Invitational for Texas Tech men's basketball. Starts next week. Pretty loaded field this year with teams such as Arizona, Arkansas, Cincy, Creighton, Louisville, Ohio State, San Diego State, and of course, Texas Tech. First round matchup for the Red Raiders is November 21st at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 Central on ESPN2 against the Creighton Blue Jays, who are currently ranked 10th in the country. Texas Tech will still be ranked 23rd, most likely, at that time. So we're going to dive into the Creighton team, and then possibly uh, we're going to get to who Tech would play in the second round if they beat Creighton, and then possible speculations on uh, opponents for the championship as well. So we'll go ahead. I'll bring in Kendall here. Kendall, Creighton uh, on the year is 3-0. and Am I right? Yeah, 3-0. and And they have uh, three guys that are averaging double figures uh, in Kalkbrenner, uh, Kaluma, and Trey Alexander. Um, all of those guys average over 20 minutes, and uh, Kalkbrenner and Kaluma, noticeably the big guys, both of them averaging over five rebounds as well. Um, Kalkbrenner averaging over a block per game as well. He's averaging 80% from the field uh, and 50% from three. So he's off to a solid start. Um, who jumps out to you on this team? You know, obviously you can talk about these guys. Um, you know, we can go from anywhere from Kalkbrenner. Uh, I mean, we could touch on Nemhard as well, who's coming back off an injury, I believe. Um, you know, what are you seeing from this uh, Creighton team? Well, this is a Creighton team that last season, um, I don't know how many people remember, but they were really starting to get hot down the stretch uh, before Ryan Nemhard believe he tore his ACL at the end of last or towards the end of last season and it really kind of just killed all their momentum going into both the Big East tournament and the NCAAs but you know he Nemhard is the guy I kind of want to touch on first because you know his stats at least scoring wise don't jump out at you but the dude is just a flat out he's a pure point guard uh he has vision that not a lot of guys at the college level have. I mean, right now he's averaging over seven assists. He uh, He's also averaging about one steal. And he's just kind of a really great all-around player. That, um, you know, matching him up with Davion Harmon, that's going to be just a really fun kind of watch because both of those guys are just great point guards. But another guy I really want to hit on, you know, is um Baylor Shireman transfer from uh, South Dakota State? Dude was, if people remember, he uh, he was probably outside of maybe um, Tex Fardaz Amac. I think that Shireman was probably the highly most highly touted uh, transfer in the portal this year. Um, he was he is an elite three point shooter. Last season, shot almost fifty percent from three. Averaged about 16 points, uh, almost eight rebounds a game last year. 
And he just makes things happen on the offensive end for it was at South Dakota State. He hasn't gotten on to a crazy start here at Creighton to start the season. But, I mean, he's a threat from everywhere on the court. Uh, this year he's averaging almost 10 rebounds a game. Hasn't gotten off to a hot shooting start, but um, you have to imagine that'll come. But this team, one thing that has really stood out to me, like for the most part, is they are just really well-rounded. Um, Coach McDermott has them kind of just playing some real consistent basketball to start the season. You brought up um, Kalkbrenner's, you know, his field goal percentage. That's just absolutely insane. They have three guys – or four guys shooting that get like high minutes that are shooting over 50% from the floor. Like that's just insane. And the three point shooting, while it's not great, they're still sitting around 35% as a team, um, which basically means that you can't really leave them open. There's a lot of guys that every guy that they have on the court, just about will shoot the ball. That's just creating basketball. Anybody that's watched them uh, since Doug McDermott was there would know that they just shoot the ball. And that's the thing about Creighton. I brought up Doug McDermott because that's really when this system that they have came into play. Um, they've had the same system in play consistently since the early 2010s. Um, they haven't really changed much about their offensive system. And, you know, what you see is kind of what you get with this team. Um, they're ranked 10th for a reason because of how they were ending last season before Nemhard went down. And they're probably the top team in the Big East this season. Villanova has looked terrible to start the year. So I would say that Creighton is probably your favorite um, in that conference. So it's definitely not going to be an easy test. Uh, but, you know, it's Tech, I think, defensively will be able to give them some issues with how physical they play. Um, you know, Kalkbrunner is going to present some problems but not as many problems as he would for probably last year's tech team. Uh, he's seven foot one, two sixty. Uh, he is really just a force down low, but also with Bacho in there, um, we kind of have a better strategy to play against a player like that versus last season when there'd be a lot of big guys out there that um, would give tech a lot of issues down low because of size. But that's just not the case this season. But if uh, Bacho gets in foul trouble, Tech could get into some very big trouble early because um, they're they're a big team. Uh, you brought up Kaluma; he's a six-seven sophomore. Um, last season, you know he he was good, but nothing crazy. This year, he's already seen a four-point increase in his points per game. Um, defensively. You know, there's nothing really crazy that stands out to you. He's kind of just one of their pure scorers. Um, so he's shooting more threes this season to start the year that he wasn't shooting last year. But, you know, it's early also. There's only three games of film in there. So we really, you know, don't exactly know who the main guy is on this offense. You would assume it's Kalkbrenner, but – um they have probably six or seven guys that can put the ball in the hoop. So I think Tech's defense is really going to have to be on point in this one. I would agree with that. Um, I gotta, we got to talk about it. And um, 
we can briefly touch on it. Um, Tech is averaging uh, 17 turnovers a game this season. Um, It's a young team. It's an inexperienced uh, roster in terms of playing together. Uh, They've had three games. Uh, There's pretty much, other than Kevin O'Banner, no one in the starting lineup is returning from last year's squad. You and I have talked about this uh, off the air and texting, Slack chat, everything. Um, I'll ask it again here. Is this just something that can be solved with more playing time together? And at what point, if this doesn't get solved, uh, are you starting to kind of worry a bit? Um, you know, just in general, uh, teams take, I said in my preview, if any, you know, I'm guaranteeing a lot of people here probably listen to my preview. Um, I said that this team is going to take some time to mesh. Like it is not going to be just picture perfect play, like right out of the bat. If anyone remembers, you know, early last season, Tech was not flawless last year to start the season. They had some issues with turning the basketball over last season to start the season, too, because, I mean, we were experimenting with Kevin McCullough at point guard, TJ Shannon. Um, he was coming off his injuries. He was up and down to early in the season, and then obviously he kind of just dealt with injuries all year. But in general last season – we didn't have a true point. Well, I would say this year in our starting lineup, I feel like we have almost two right now. And that's that's kind of I, – I really like Pop Isaacs. I think that he is going to be an absolute stud. Um, and But also I feel like we're kind of rushing him a little bit, throwing him in the starting lineup, especially, you know, with a Big 12 team that has high expectations and, you know – um. He, I feel like he's almost being asked to do too much to start. Um, I would prefer to see Kerwin Walton uh, in the starting lineup because this, I think he pairs better. He's more of a pure two guard than Pop is because Pop can play both, but I personally think he would excel um, as a one because his ball handling is elite. Uh, his vision. You know, he has turned the ball over quite a bit, but his vision is, you know, it's elite. It really is. Like, he, you see the plays he's trying to make. And, you know, there, some of the turnovers, I feel like based off of what I've seen, some of his turnovers are sometimes just because his teammates aren't necessarily expecting the ball. And that's something that'll come with time. But, you know, I think everyone kind of just needs to <laughs> relax a little bit because it's it's really just a time to mesh and this Maui tournament is going to be really good for the team whether we you know go and win the whole thing or if we lose you know our first game and kind of get it going after that uh this team we're young with we have some veteran leaders in there and Davion Harmon and Kevin O'Banner which we're going to see how that pays off soon enough because it will, because this team, like they, 
especially Kevin O'Banner, who was a part of last season's team that saw some ups, saw some downs, and saw, you know, some really high-level offense in basketball and also saw some some of the most putrid offense we've ever seen um, at Tech. So, you know, it's – I understand why, ever, like, why some people want to come, you know – and kind of freak out a little bit because it it's just the right reaction. We just played a Louisiana Tech team very close, but at the same time, um, to build a team, especially with this many new pieces, it's going to take some meshing. And I think as the season goes on, we're going to see some better offense. We're going to see less turnovers, better chemistry, and – we will progress, but we just kind of have to take a step back and, you know, I'm not going to say lower your expectations, but kind of just settle them a little bit for right now until we get into conference play. Just, I think everyone needs to take a step back. Just enjoy watching this team kind of grow because I guarantee you we're going to be coming back in February and March. We're going to be looking back at some of the conversations we were having to start this season. We're going to all look back and probably think about how many overreactions we had because this team will get going. I don't think it's an if, it's a matter of when. I like that. Um, last I'll talk about it, um, Texas Tech is averaging at this point in time through three games 17.3 turnovers a game which is tied for 305th in the country with Dartmouth moving on let's go ahead and assume that Tech wins game one against Creighton it's assuming but if Tech wins game one uh I would pretty much be assuming that they're playing Arkansas in the second round, mostly just because Louisville has been nothing short of hot garbage this year. Um, so I know we, we talked and we both have, haven't really had a good opportunity uh, to look at this Arkansas team yet. Um, but this is a team that's kind of, um, they kind of got some new names as well. I don't know if they have as many as Tech does, uh, but they got some new names on this team. And, uh, you know that the must bus will be rocking and rolling out in Maui. And, uh, if there's, if there's a team in this country or in this tournament that'll travel as well as Tech fans do, um, it will no doubt be Arkansas. So, um, want to take a look at Arkansas real quick. Um, through they're two and zero. They play tonight, uh, as and we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, the sixteenth. Uh, they're they're hosting uh, is at South Dakota State. Yeah, South Dakota State uh, at home, uh, seven p.m. on uh, the SEC Network. Um, Arkansas is led right now by guard Ricky Council. Uh, he's got he's averaging 18 and a half a game. Uh, Devontae Davis is averaging 12 and a half. Trevon Brazel is uh, 
averaging 14 and a half. These guys are, all of them are shooting pretty much above 35% from the field. Council's shooting over 50 from the field, and Brazil's is averaging 47.6% from the field. Um, Brazil also averaging 10 boards a game, so averaging a double-double three games in, or two games in, I guess, third game being tonight. Um, this team it turns the ball over 12 times a game. Um, as a team, they're shooting right under 50% for the field, which is pretty good. Um, as a team, they're not very good from three, though, through two games. They haven't been really good. They're shooting less than 25% from the three. From three. Um, so to me, that screams like they're trying to get inside buckets a little bit more than uh, they they're, than past Arkansas teams, I should say. So uh, what are you looking for in a possible matchup with Arkansas uh, how do you think Tech matches up there, and is there anything that Tech needs to do uh, in order to, uh, you know, kind of stave off the Razorbacks and uh, possibly earn a berth in the championship game? Um, what I'm looking at Arkansas, it's it's weird, but I almost see like a carbon copy between them and Tech. Um, they have a lot of really good young players that came in this year that are kind of trying to find their footing a little bit. Um, you know, they're not turning it over as much as Tech is, but the one guy that hasn't gotten going yet for them that everyone kind of needs to know his name, uh, Anthony Black. He was one of the top recruits out of the state of Texas last year, uh, went to Duncanville. And he, quite honestly, when I watched his film um, from back in high school, he is one of the most elite like high school talents that I've seen in the past like five years from what I've been when I've watched tape. Um, and you know that anybody that plays basketball at Duncanville is like top a top level player. Um, that's where you know Tech got Jemias Ramsey from. That's where we got Micah Peavy from, and Anthony Black is no different. Uh, he hasn't gotten going yet. He started out really cold, but that is not going to continue. Um, he by the end of the year he's probably going to be one of the top freshmen uh in the SEC which that's really not a surprise to anyone that has watched um you know any high school basketball here in the last couple of years but another another couple guys I want to talk to their their top guys are from the transfer portal very similarly to tech the past couple of years um council played at Wichita State, but what's surprising to me is Council, he was good at Wichita State, but he was never playing at the level he is right now for Arkansas, which, you know, I don't know how to kind of judge that. Um, I don't know if this is just him starting out the season hot or if this, if this is him getting more shot opportunities um, with Arkansas. And then another guy that they got from the portal, Makai Mitchell, um, came from Rhode Island, well, has also played at Maryland. He's not much of a scorer, but he is he's just a menace defensively, quite honestly. He's averaging three steals a game this year um, and one block. Last season, he averaged 1.4 blocks and one steal. He is um, he's physical defensively. He's big. He's six foot nine. Uh, he's a guy that could give just about anybody problems. Uh, 
And overall, another freshman to watch out for is Jordan Walsh. Um, he was another ESPN top 100 recruit. Uh, he hasn't gotten off to an insane start, but I mean, he's shooting 75% from the field. Um, only taking about one three a game right now, but uh, I think that'll also change. It's just a lot of freshmen that are kind of developing. I think if I remember correctly, Arkansas got their top rated um, recruiting class ever coming in this year. So it's just going to take a lot of time for them to mesh. But overall, um, this Arkansas team is very good. Uh, Muss is probably one of the best coaches in the nation, as much as I hate to say it. But I do kind of want to touch on this. Any Tech fan remembers that NCAA tournament a couple years ago. It would have been Chris Beard's last game um, at Tech. I don't know how about, I don't want to speak for other Tech fans, but I have been dying for a chance to get back at Arkansas um, since that game because, uh, you know, Tech struggled for the most part in that game, but we almost completed a great comeback. Uh, you know, they played physical with us, and for the first part of that game, we just weren't ready. But, you know, it it's a good – they these two programs are so similar to each other. I, I would love to get another shot at them. Um, I thought we might have gotten to see it last year in the Elite Eight, but Tech just wasn't able to get past Duke. But – you know, this is a game that I've been wanting now for ever since we lost to him in the round of 32 a couple of years ago. Uh, I would love to get another shot at Muss and really just the, the entire Arkansas team. And I guarantee uh, Mark Adams wouldn't hate playing Arkansas either. You know, we say that, and I, I remember that game pretty well. I, I felt like that was a game that was very winnable for Tech. Uh, a couple years back, um, maybe not because I, I really kind of think that that roster. Um, and again, I don't want to speak ill of former teams because I just don't want to. I just kind of felt like that roster didn't mesh very well from a fan standpoint. Um, other than that, you know, we're all we'll look ahead. Um, Hypothetically, Tech wins against Arkansas, a hypothetical second-round matchup against Arkansas. Uh, you move on to play what is the championship game. And looking at the bracket, um, I would most likely say that uh, the semifinal matchup in the bottom half would probably be San Diego State and Arizona. Um, I guess Ohio State might pull, could pull a shocker against San Diego State. Uh, I'm not too confident that Cincy beats Arizona. Um, either way, whatever team gets to that semifinal game against Arizona, I'm pretty confident that Arizona, um, takes that game. So, in a hypothetical, uh, championship game, we'll go ahead for our sake and say that it's an Arizona and Texas Tech matchup. Um, looking at the Wildcats, they've got five guys in double figures, uh, through two games. Um, and they have six guys averaging over 20 minutes. Um, 
and a seventh that's right there at 19 and a half minutes a game. Uh, a lot of, uh, well, you know, I'm just going to hand it off to you because these are, I'll be quite honest, these are a lot of names that I can't pronounce. Um, I'm looking at uh, the points per game and uh, Tubelis, I guess is his name, uh, is up there with 20. Uh, he's a forward. Uh, Larson, a guard, is up there with 16 and a half. Uh, Balo, the uh, big center, uh, he's up there at 17 and a half. Um, all these guys, all those guys that I just mentioned are also averaging at least seven rebounds and at least two and a half, almost three assists per game and over one steal per game. Um, Dubelis is pretty much is getting the ball quite a bit from what it looks like he but he is a, uh, averaging four turnovers a game as well this team uh like uh is actually and i'll say this uh, through two games this team is turning the ball over more than tech is um which i think that that would shape good for uh the texas tech defense right now arizona is averaging 21 and a half turnovers uh per game they're shooting over 60% from the field, which is absurd. Um, and they're shooting over 40% from three. Uh, so what that tells me, this is kind of like a run-and-gun uh, team. Um, you know, they're, I guess, what are they? They're averaging over 100 points a game, which is pretty absurd also. Granted, uh, they've played, you know, they played Nichols and Southern, uh, they'll play one more time uh, tomorrow against Utah Tech uh, <laughs> before they head out to Maui for their first-round matchup against Cincinnati. Um, Kendall, you look at this Arizona team. Um, we talked about, you know, we talked about three guys that are that seem to be. Uh, some pretty big names. Also, I guess if you wanted to throw in uh, uh, Krissa and uh, Boswell up there as well. Uh, shoot, I mean, you can even... Uh, you could throw in uh, Ball, Adama Ball as well. Um, this team seems to be a run-and-gun, high-flying offense. Uh, they scored 117 and 95 in their two games. Uh, what do you see in this team... And how legitimate is it? And since they really haven't been tested and won't be tested until Maui, um, you know, is this team a lock to get to the championship from the bottom part of the bracket? Oh, I wouldn't say they're a lock because they have. So San Diego State, I watched them play Stanford last night. They were by far the better team, which I don't know what that means with like, you know the bottom half of the Pac-12. They just lost. Uh, <laughs> they just lost a challenge to the SWAC. So, and if anyone doesn't know what conference the SWAC is, um, that is the conference that Texas Southern is in. Texas Southern just beat Arizona State, which obviously Tech beat them by. I think it was twenty. Um, but Arizona, I'm just for the sake of kind of this preview, I'm gonna say let's say we do play Arizona. Um, you know, you said that they're probably playing one of the, uh, highest tempos, you know, in the nation. 
they based off of these Ken Palm rankings, they're actually uh, number two in adjusted tempo across the entire nation, which um, that's pretty absurd. And offensively, they have the number six adjusted offensive rating in the nation. Um, but Tech also has, you know, the number seven adjusted defense. So I think that this is, um, I would say this would be a matchup of absolute polar opposites. Um, Arizona, it's kind of interesting to see how they're lining up because they're very spread out. Last season, they were very, I'm not going to say dependent, but they were they they were pretty lenient on uh, their eventual lottery pick in Benedict Mathurin. He was so elite last season for them in every way. So the fact that they have guys that are stepping up now um, is a pretty good sign for them because there was a lot of question marks on who would be, you know, kind of the guy for them. And it seems like they have uh, quite a few guys that are stepping up and playing at high levels now. Uh, you know, defensively, they're definitely vulnerable. Um, they have size, but also, you know, they they turn the ball over a lot. They'll probably give us a lot of opportunities there. Um, you know, they don't have a ton of, like, blocks and steals this season. They don't cause a lot of turnovers. Uh, they're really good at moving the ball. Um, I think Coach Tommy Lloyd has just done a phenomenal job over there and getting this team uh, on the right track when it comes to that. Uh, but just in general, looking at this team, they spread their minutes out a lot. They don't, they kind of seem like they go about 10 deep. So uh, that's something to kind of pay attention to. They, Tech can wear this team out, I feel like, with how fast they want to try to play, but also Tech's defense. Um, I think that they would have a lot of success in playing physical with them and trying to get them to turn the ball over. But, you know, they they have a lot of scores, a lot of different guys that can go and get a bucket for them. Um, the guy that I kind of want to highlight is uh, Kirk Krissa. He is almost averaging a double-double. He's damn near, uh, you know, a couple more rebounds and he'd be pretty close to a triple-double. Uh, he's averaging almost 10 assists. Uh, he's shooting over 55% from three this season to start the year, which, I mean, sure, that's not crazy, you know, considering he probably hasn't shot too many threes. But let's just highlight that against Southern, um, he just happened to drop a triple-double in that game with 14, 12, and 11. So this dude is a very good player. And the thing that... I don't know if I like or hate about him. He gets under people's skin. If you watched their uh, tournament matchup against TCU last year, he pissed TCU off consistently. Like he was getting under everyone's skin. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's just a guy that you hate playing against, but you kind of love having on your team. So um, he's kind of like their impact player for me. Um, just with the way he passes the ball, but also his ability to go score too. Um, but just in general, this whole Maui field is absolutely loaded. Um, you know, when Louisville and Cincinnati are the weakest teams in a tournament field, even though Louisville is very bad this year, but just in general, 
that's usually a very strong tournament field. And um, I, you know, I don't want people to overreact if tech does struggle a little bit in this tournament because jumping from the competition that we are playing right now, you know, Louisiana Tech, they did win 24 games last year. I'm not going to knock them. They have been a 20-win program for probably the last decade or so. But going from playing Texas, Southern, Northwestern State, Louisiana Tech to playing Creighton, possibly Arkansas, possibly either Arizona or San Diego State or even Ohio State, that's a big jump, especially for a young team that you know, has struggled offensively at times. And I won't be shocked to see Tech struggle in this, but at the same time, you know, I really hope they go over to Maui, have a good time, get some wins, get some really, really good experience, especially for March. And, you know, let's hope we can come out with a tournament dub and also, you know, the guys enjoy a nice little trip to Maui and, enjoy just the the atmosphere the nice weather over there but um i'm looking forward to you know sitting down at 1 30 on monday and getting to watch some tech basketball so uh you know this is a great field should be a great tournament and i can't wait to watch it i agree and um i will ask you before we sign off here today um I think that I'll just compound on what you said, kind of. I don't think that the importance of this can be uh, overstated. If Tech were to go out to Maui and rattle off a couple of wins against some uh, potential top two, top three seeds in the NCAA tournament, uh, it would really, it would really strengthen our resume uh, for the uh, tournament committee in a few months' time. Uh, I will ask for one uh, prediction, and it's just going to be the Creighton game because uh, we can't, you know, see into the future and see who wins the other games. So um, I'll ask for a prediction and possibly a, and I guess to kind of compound on it, uh, just who you're watching on the Red Raiders to uh, kind of make their presence felt in that game. Um, I'm going to go with mm, – that's tough. I think that Tech can definitely come out with a win in this game. Uh, you know, Creighton has been good, but they also did struggle with St. Thomas to open the year. Uh, I'm going to pick Tech to win, and I, I would suspect a score of something like 65-62 in that range – because Creighton is a really good offensive team, and I do think that they're going to push the tempo a little bit, but I also think Tech is able to play a little more up-tempo if they have to. Um, and my player to watch the whole tournament, really, is going to be Daniel Bacho. Um, we've heard all offseason about how the steps he's taken, and we've seen some flashes to start the season, but he's going to be going up against some really good bigs throughout this entire tournament. Um, you know, it's going to be tough for him and I think I'm really excited to see if he can get physical he can get strong down low maybe get some points for us in the post and uh, stay out of foul trouble too that's going to be the big thing Um, I think he's kind of the impact player in all of this Um, 
just to see really where his growth is against Power 5 competition. So I'm going to go with the Tech win and keep an eye on Daniel Baccio. But this whole team, um, I think we're really going to see what the rotation is actually going to look like in this tournament. So that's another thing to look out for, too. All right, folks. Well, that has been a preview of the Maui Invitational. Uh, game one for the Texas Tech is November 21st at 1.30 Central Time. It's going to be on ESPN2, and they will take on the Creighton Blue Jays. Um, after that, uh, if Tech wins, the next game will be uh, the following day at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, if Tech were to fall in game one to Creighton, game two would be the following day, the 22nd, at 1.30 again. Um, my name is Jack. I've been here with Kendall, and uh, we hope that you like the preview. Uh, we will be back next week uh, for our normal programming of Hub City Homers uh, to recap the Iowa State game, which Kendall will be at. So if you're there in Ames, look for the dude in the Iowa and Tech cowboy hat with the Crabtree jersey. Um, go say what's up, and if you find them, you can tweet from the Hub account. Um, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. Wreck them.